as young women to really, really, like, I think one thing that we all is that the ability to accumulate starts with you finding you as a human asset, right? Get placed mm -hmm. and say, this is what I'm worth. Before we get into this episode, I know you've been struggling with the idea of starting your own business and launching a premium product that you know is going to transform lives. So I have a bomb resource for you. The man himself, Words Taylor, is going to help you launch your product or service for the clients who need your help right now. Now, you can't call yourself a business owner unless you are getting in front of new clients every single day, and Words knows exactly how to do that. All you have to do is tap in so he can teach you his six-figure launch strategy that's produced over $5 million in client sales. So all you have to do is go to highticketlaunchsecrets.com. That's highticketlaunchsecrets.com and get into the free training. It's happening this week. So go to highticketlaunchsecrets.com and let's get into the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Work and Play podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Young. And today we have a really cool guest today. So if you haven't thought about your finances and thought about like how do you actually make a transition in any transition, being financially sound, this is a woman that we need to speak to, right? So without further ado, would you like to introduce Yeah, of course. So hello everyone. I am Lita Speller, a certified financial um, currently with the uh, Apple G Financial Partners based here in Atlanta. And um, I run a financial planning practice that focuses primarily addressing the racial wealth, but I would say more specific, um, addressing the and even more specific than that, the gender racial um, because um, minorities and specifically women enter into years mm -hmm. to make desired standard of living. And so that's what I do if we drill all the way down into my work. And it's really is that specific. That is really, that's impactful. And I'm thinking like just about over the years of how you've come to learn that that specifically even needed. Because it's not something that we talk about. You know, my mom is, she went to retirement right before Corona. So mm -hmm. for me to even think about what her financial portfolio even looks like, it's like, it's like daunting because I don't even think we've ever had this conversation. Also, not to mention, I don't know if any of me or my friends have been in our 20s. I'm in my 30s now, right? So I think it's a very timely issue to have. And I'm sure over the years you found this population, you know, through your experience. But what is the what's the main driver of why you feel this population is specific? Yeah, um, points and so the reason why this so only is so specific on this population, I'm more mature myself, right? and being in this industry, I who are ill prepared for that journey. Mm -hmm. But who are very well of some of the mistakes in the past, and they are um, regretful of some of those mistakes, and maybe make different choices. And so, I am so passionate about having this women because, regardless of where they are, like there's always something new to make yourself better than you would be. And it's also an opportunity to speak with you to really reinforce for them, or first kind of bring into their, reinforce the fact that time is coming for you. And I don't want you to be regretful because you now to work at balancing your day to make sure it's as incredible as, while also caring about the one which you will be 60 and 70 and prayerfully. Mm. And so we want to make sure that you young women about, yes, and drives and really bring it to the fullest today, also balancing that with who they are for her, 
and if you start young enough, right? And so just making sure we're having our younger women and also making sure our more mature like all is lost. And while we can't go back in 30 or even 40, like we can do our best with what you And so that's just... Mm, that's so powerful. Imagine like, so in a dollar sense, mm -hmm. when a woman meets you, right? Let's say she's in a, like a financial distress, right? Mm -hmm. And she works with you. What is like, no matter how old you are, I feel like, you know, compound interest, things like that, they work for you no matter at what point. Mm -hmm. But what are some of the financials that a person who is not aware that they need a financial, like, you know, able to accumulate when they finally get a financial? Yeah, one of the, um, there's simple and powerful exercise people. Mm -hmm is that um, you took something as small as $1 a month and you put it into, okay, and let's say we are talking about a woman who says, you know what, I have a lot to away right now um, and I will probably have to work longer than, you know, near retirement age. And so let's say this 40-year-old has decided, understands that based on her day, she's able to weigh a small amount and she has also decided where. So let's say the 40-year-old decides and let's also say that she decides to use a Roth IRA as an example for um, a retirement or as a retirement vehicle or something like that. And so she really is solely reliant upon And so she opens a Roth IRA and she's in. If she takes out 100 and invests it say, in an S&P okay. and she does that consistently, never missing a month putting her one heart away, not a penny more. And if we assume that formed the same way it's performed 30 years, mm -hmm. again, for illustrative purposes only, we have no crystal ball, we don't know that it will. Um, but let's say that $100 a month, she's committed, she's consistent, she's efficient for dollars, making sure that she would take that one and it would be over $100 when she, granted, she's a millionaire, but it's more than what it would be. And I think that really is the point. You know, Arthur Ashe has this quote that I that I always like, which is start where, start where you are do, with what you have. And, and I just encourage um, that no matter where they are, just I am going to just start where I am and do the best I can. And I think that's that's the first step. I was just talking to a woman is a community organizer mm -hmm. and. I might be taking us down a trip, but I promise I'm coming back. But when it comes to our, the black community has faced like red mm -hmm. line, being ta taxed out of there and displaced in different ways, I think about what 100, 107 or 100 say, either way, would do who's on a fixed income, mm -hmm. right? 60, and you just have $100, just kind of, that way when you're on a fixed income, things like price gap or tax gap can save you, like save you being displaced. And I think that's, that's the way we should think about it. It's not, okay, I'm not, I might as well not do it because I'm not there, so mm -hmm. why even start? It's to think about those situations that just, you know, a 3 to 4% increase on your taxes when you're 70 or 80 years old and you're no longer working. $100,000 can save. That's absolutely right. That is so important that we really approach about, um, you know, getting rich. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? It's, it's not about necessarily... It is about building what means that you gain property, right? Your mm -hmm. of value that you can convert to buy. That is wealth it that is what it is. And I think we, we correlate it with being mm -hmm. right. When it is accumulating asset value that you can take and convert to cash and use that cash to purchase it. Yes. 
Mm. I like that example. I think that's really practical. And, and then, so it, it's even easier for us to speak to a 20-year-old or 30-year-old who's well into their years of being accumulate, accumulate wealth and put more than that hundred in there, right? Mm -hmm. Just imagine like they're making. I think what you're doing is awesome. And because you've chosen to do the black one, <laughs> it just sits with my heart. So I think about the days when I was in college mm -hmm. and I, through a roundabout way, found corporate finance mm -hmm. because one, I wasn't gonna be a C. Two, in my mind, when I learned about financial planning, mm -hmm. I thought the only way that I could really think was to work for wealthy white men who I had nothing in common with in my Saturdays golfing now that was my horror story in my mind and maybe that's you know what you've experienced a little bit but could you walk us through like how did you find corporate sorry financial planning yeah yeah so um <laughs> and my journey has been some of that right but um yeah it's certainly been but my journey kind of landed in this role accidentally even and you know, it wasn't intentional. I was like a lot of twenty-two year olds just needed a job. <laughs> I needed to be gainfully employed. Mm -hmm. Um and a mutual fund company, this will date me for but a mutual fund company had an ad in the bird. <laughs> like way, way back when looking for um they were opening a new office in my and so they were hiring this inaugural group to open this new office. And I applied, but I was very curious. And I, you know, I've always been ready for a challenge. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I don't know what this is, but it has something to do with wealth and investing and I'm just rooted. And so I applied and of this group, and I forgive you, it was like a group of 15 or 20 of us. Um, there were four of us that they tapped um, for their trading desk. You know, the four of them for the trading desk. And the rest is kind of history. And it was a large, um, highly rated mutual money, like of the top tier in the world. And so they invested a lot in you know, training and mm -hmm. development. Mm -hmm. and, and so I was fortunate journey in this company on your, you know, into your professional game. And so, you know, I have a company really invested in, again, very young space. And so I'm learning a lot through that. And then in, in addition to that, I, as a trader, the opportunity to make so many relationships are trade with broker dealers. And so this started in Virginia. And when I decided to relocate to Atlanta, it was really as simple as one of my relationships, actually a few of my relationships and saying, I'm seriously considering relocating to Atlanta um, to help with me. <laughs> That's kind of, and so um, that, you know, relocated to Atlanta and so I worked on trading Atlanta and did that work. And trading is very, um, trading in the market um, investment space mm -hmm. is, uh, it's very ancillary to providing advisories. And so I was a lot with, you know, there's like advisors who were working. Okay. So I was trading on behalf of us. Mm -hmm. So I went through um, multiple role industry before I landed out front in my practice. Um, but it's it's definitely been a journey. I had many roles in this and kind of getting out front leading my years ago. The the level of experience that you've had roles kind of makes it perfect for you to finally go out into the front because you've done you've managed yeah. people's money in all these different scenarios. So now you know how to advise other people. Oh yeah, you know it's um I've been very fortunate that way. You know, I came history at a time um, where 
you know, a lot of the technology that's in the hands of advisors mm-hmm. was not, right? There was a, a point that they didn't technology, those resources weren't clients and advisors. And so oh, they depended on middle office and back office personnel to do a lot. And the benefit for me and those of us who kind of came up generation was that we were so happy with so much. We really learned the nuts and bolts um, from a back office behind the scenes perspective and then getting out front opportunity to learn infinitely more <laughs> as an advisor and it has certainly been learning. and it continues to be odd and deep. Absolutely. Yeah. You, so when, it, when I think about your life now, you kind of live a lot of people's dreams, like people who want, really truly want this freedom and responsibility and knowledge, financial knowledge in a space where a lot of people in our community have that yeah. financial literacy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To leverage certain things and to make your own way somehow, like to use your money to, to develop something instead of just working your entire life. But then I'm also thinking about you at 22, right? When you went into the the, um, the world of, um, of trading. And sometimes I wish I lived, you know, in the time <laughs> where people were willing to train you because my story, millennials will always say, job descriptions are must have five years of like experience. And you're like, well, where are I gonna five years of experience? <laughs> but when I think about you at 22, what was your, if, if you hadn't found trading, what was your dream at that time? Wow, so um, about a dream that time in my life, really was searching. You know, I was searching. I was very fortunate to um, enter into this career and have this opportunity, no experience, right? And to really enter Fuve into an organization that was very willing to invest in you and that. Um, and part of it, I believe, was the fact they were opening this new office in this town there were no other offices like it right yeah. and so i think they probably had and it was you know i'm, I'm talking like it was 50 years ago which i promise you it wasn't <laughs> but um but I, it was at a time where i feel like look in retrospect that they had to come into the market willing to make that investment with the first few um cohorts of them mm-hmm. um and so i was very fortunate to have that opportunity i would say it's the first more of I was just really fortunate to work under who saw that I worked really very determined to learn that I was committed and they wanted to and whenever they had new opportunity a new opportunity there was typically something where they had to bring me along yes. so I was really fortunate in my career to have those relationships and um, I leveraged them and quite frankly I um, I built my practice and young talent mm-hmm. Um, and to help nurture opportunities and to make connections and to make sure that the patient in this space, both in this perspective. So that's very important to me. It was in such a generous to that same level. Absolutely. I love it. When I, I think about my vision of wealth management and financial, and it's, it's funny that I walked away from an opportunity because of something so trivial. But at the same time, when you say that there are, there, there need to be more color and um, gender in the space that you're in, I think about the challenges that a lot of our people, right, and they don't necessarily figure out how to navigate that. 
And what I'm thinking, you found, you clearly found a way to navigate career-wise, mm-hmm. right? And to navigate as a black woman in a space that can be male-dominant and white male-dominant. So what is that one thing you Because, and also your, your career, right? So how did you learn to navigate that early on? You stumbled a bit and then kind of <laughs> learned a couple things. I stumbled a lot, hurt a lot. It was it was not without its upsets. And because I do think back to the people, um, you know, like I said, I had uh, saw the talent, they saw the heart. Um, and they also saw, quite frankly, that more often than not, I was sitting on the trading desk, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or that I was far younger than a lot and who dominated the space. And so I was subjected to a lot. Again, it was not without its pain, it was not its upset, it was not. And, um, you know, I would have to say that it, I probably handled it down and just staying there in the tasks. And I was always committed, like I was just cranking out entry licenses. I've had every industry license you can imagine, you know, very focused on, you know, always feeling like more, have more to just be on par, yeah. right? But, you know, I would have, I have to say it has certainly paid off. Again, just staying in there, you know, just standing resiliency and my own confidence. Or they can do, I can do too. <laughs> and it may not come as easy for me, but I'm here. Um, and so I think I just really navigated it and was able to stay the court and was committed. And I knew that I was doing the work and licensed, credentialed. Um, I was doing all of it to do to be able to technically ace. Yeah. And passionate about helping corporate professionals transition into entrepreneurship. So I had to share the one thing, the number one thing that helped me develop as an entrepreneur, and that's the morning meetup. 
I joined the morning meetup specifically for the structure because I'm, I'm leaving corporate America. So I'm used to those morning huddles. We got our sales. We know what our goals are and we get our day started. So I was missing that for two years before I even found the morning meetup. Now, the second thing that I really, really benefited from was the revenue. Revenue generating activities was not necessarily a thing before 2021. Now, I had my LLC. I had my website. I had a few clients here and there, but the momentum really took off as soon as I got around like-minded individuals and people who really knew the struggles that I was already dealing with that I could get over my fear of sales and communicating my value and putting myself out there on social media. The friends that I've developed, the mentors and the mentees that I've, that I've created relationships with, everything has really created this environment for us to thrive as entrepreneurs. So if you want to develop as an entrepreneur, you're leaving corporate America and you're trying to figure out how do I get my footing in entrepreneurship, then the morning meetup will definitely be a game changer for you. You can learn with us. You can grow with us. And I didn't even mention that we have a book club. Join us in the community. Let's get started today. You will not regret it. Wow, that's a great question. In retrospect, I had a spouse. I had a home. And me being was very important to me um, was critical. And I'm going to allow these other to, to rob me of being where that I needed to be for those things that were important to me. And so being really motivated by, and just reminding myself were important to me and they were worthy of my, and they were going to, they were enough to keep me. And I think that was the, the main thing that just kept me focused. That, you know, I'm stronger today and allowing uh, these sexist races break me. And also just focusing on the fact that well, those things were absolutely present. So were some other incredible opportunities to really learn and master my craft. Yeah. And so those things just amazing. I'm glad. Yeah. So you decide, so you've been both um, in the corporate space and entrepreneurship. When did you decide to take your first go at entrepreneurship? Woo. Um, <laughs> and I still can't believe I did it. <laughs> so, um... I worked for a nonprofit, um, stayed in the traditional wealth management okay. and to make a very long story short, I um, was at a profit to come in and ability programs when the bottom fell out of the market, right? And this national nonprofit organization was focused on helping really survive, navigate bankruptcy, um, and then once they have those crises in them, mm -hmm. to rebuild. And that opportunity to look at um, through a lens of mission. And so I did this. And so I came from a place yes. where it's very kind of, um, and then I go into this space, which mm -hmm. is the opposite end of the financial services spectrum. And so I go into this nonprofit space that was really in rebuilding. Mm -hmm. And so now I get to a point in where this very intersectionality. So I have my points. I have this traditional professional experience, and now I have this opposite end of the financial experience. And so these three things forge this person or this now wants to move. And so get experience, my traditional wealth management around financial wellness all together. And I'm like, okay, I'm going through these changes, and then you know my life changed a lot. And, and now I'm like, okay, all the, I have all this experience, all this professional experience. Quite frankly, it's time for me. So what's next? 
um, ship was like the last frontier. It's like the final frontier. And I was like, not only am I ready to new level of freedom mm -hmm. today, and all I would bring to it, particularly around having this or this financial bonus conversation, and brought me to this just this desire for, um, also this desire to bring all of this experience not only for the wealthy, but what about the not so wealthy? Yeah. What's 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 possible for them too? Yeah, for me to step out and say this is. Um, but this is also because there's a different way. Absolutely. And so that's what brought me. Mm. Now the question that we all knew experience is our avatar. Nowadays the avatar, mm -hmm. um, my coach said your client, all of those, right? <clears throat> so with your nonprofit experience, mm -hmm. your wealth management, and then your personal experience, who was the ideal clients you wanted to work with in your beginning entrepreneurs? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in my beginnings, I think I was like a lot of entrepreneurs in that. I was like, anybody who will be my client, <laughs> please talk to me, please talk to me. So that really was kind of day one for me. Like anyone who wants to talk to me, like call me, yeah, 1 a.m., the phone's next to my bed. Just call me, But you know, it really was kind of being in a financial institute, a multiple financial institutions. Yeah. And um, for a number of years, and honestly, not seeing any clients, not seeing any advisors who looked like and respected. Mm -hmm. Like, I believe I met one in the final financial institution that I worked with. Um, there was a black advisor, mm -hmm. and so being out front, being an entrepreneur, entrepreneurship in that way feel out of reach. And then in the nonprofit space, I was like, oh, this is real right here. Like, this is where we're at. Like, this is where we are. Too many of us are in crisis. You know, too many of us are struggling. Mm -hmm. Too many of us are constantly back to, you know, the zero. Right. Um, always rebuilding setback. And so as I started with, can anyone talk to me? Um, and just started talking to so many different, I started to get and then it came, oh, and then I started to really immerse my data and understand it's ever, right? And so then I got clear around, I absolutely want to, and I want to this problem. And it is really, I've gotten very clear about wanting to work with your um, mid to approaching their later career. This is that nonprofit crisis passion that, mm. and really have some interest. and um and so I would say it's probably within the last two years individual lives look mm. and um and so yeah that's kind of how, but yeah so that's my avatar yeah. but starting out it was um, can you pick up the phone and call <laughs> if so then let's talk anybody anybody yeah 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 you mentioned the so Tell me if you resonate with this. I was just talking to someone about the way money works in America or in the world. And we likened it to the so Would you agree? In what sense do you In a sense, so when we're talking, so okay, in a systematic way, right? We're talking about um, you get the money out of the box, you deal it out, the banker has the banker, has the money, and the person who knows the game, more than likely is going to take everybody's money at the um, table consistently. Mm -hmm. Kind of similar to that saying where it's like, with the wealth gap. Even if we took all the wealth and distributed it evenly among mm -hmm. the people who don't have it, eventually it'd be back in, the, in those hands. Yeah. So that's one way, right? Mm -hmm. In a sense that we also need to learn property works. Mm -hmm. I think another yes. thing 
Um, and, th and you know what? Because I don't know Monopoly. Oh, <laughs> it's the mindset. <clears throat> right? mm. Even if you dole it out in one way, mm -hmm. right? Working in a way that people will have kind of tend to retain, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas consumers consume. And so even if you dispense, right, it ends up kind of heavily weighted in and so yes, number one, you bring a certain mindset to the there is no well <laughs> if you don't accumulate, right, you have to watch the game of monopoly. I'm going to buy a whole bunch of stuff and I am going to charge you to on it. Right. And so I to create assets, then in turn earn me. Mm -hmm. And so you totally mm -hmm. you bring we bring our mindset. And then the other is yes, we have to um, to make money work for us. Hold on to it mm -hmm. first and foremost. We have money coming in. Obviously, we all have expenses, so there's a certain amount. Mm -hmm. Whether those expenses are you know or what have you. And prayerfully, we have you know some surplus left over after that. That cash surplus is our wealth. Hold on to that money invested into assets. That is. And that wealth can be, they can stay in assets like, you know, stocks, bonds, mm -hmm. you know, mutual funds. Mm -hmm. You can invest it in assets that did then in turn. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you agree? Yes. And absolutely. you get a really good explanation. <laughs> I could not have just described it because I just know in essence, um, the game, I don't even know how to play uh -huh. the game that well, but then... And I know the world in essence, right? Mm -hmm. So you just clear that up for me perfectly <laughs> yeah, from a yeah. professional perspective. <laughs> you know, I don't know monopoly that well. Well, I that's why I was like, in what sense, mm. right? Because I know that it's first of all, I know it's a game that can go on for hours. Yes, <laughs> like and my family plays it like forever. Yes. Um, and so that's why I was curious to what sense you were talking. Totally nailed it. I bring a mindset to it, mm. and then whether or not money works. Yeah. I think about now, I, was, I don't want to drill this monopoly and not <laughs> too far, but when you think about it, I've been I've been blessed to be circles where people actually win the game. Mm -hmm. I think growing up, I don't feel like anyone ever finished that game. It's just like, <laughs> well, we don't play anymore, right? <laughs> and what I was going to ask you, I feel like kind of leans in this sense where a lot of people in my community, in my background, don't really know how to play the game because if they do, I think there would be a winner in a much quicker time period. But what you do kind of like unlock the code, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of us who don't know how, to, and we're you know no longer talking you know actually about monopoly. Mm -hmm. I mean, the game of money, the game of life. And there's I feel like there's a learning curve. Mm -hmm. I don't particularly know what the learning curve is, but I'm sure you have an idea. So when it comes to our women, let's go there. Black women who need to understand mm -hmm. what's the biggest learning curve that you often have to do a lot of time on helping us understand so that we can at least a nice big hurdle. In our <clears throat> that is the $65 million question. <laughs> no, but that is, um, that is a great question. And it's one that I think about a lot and one that I talk about a lot. Um, quite frankly, it is who I am. And so there's so much joy in those because there's so much relatability. Um, I really want to be thoughtful about um, I am very careful, you know, especially in my conflict clients, mm -hmm. to not at all be critical, to not at all be mm. um, And one of the first I always say is that I'm on this journey. None of us is perfect, and you know, knowledge that I have, you know, I have mistakes also. 
there have been summers when I have taken in my cash, <laughs> say like a take, right? And I'm tripping on a credit card, right? And I'm like, oh, I get another Bob Marley two shots, <laughs> right? Like, so, so you know, we, we, and so I'm very careful to not be critical and to not be judgmental because I'm on this journey called life. Mm -hmm. Having said that, I think um, there are a few better. And I think one area as young women to really, really, right? like, I, I think one thing that we all is that the ability to accumulate starts with you using you as a human asset, right? Marketplace mm -hmm. and say, this is what I'm worth, right? And this is what I'm worth because this is what I've developed in myself academically. This is what I've developed in play. Like, this is what I'm worth. Number two, demand what you're worth. <laughs> like, this is what I bring to it. Hey, you're not going to pay me. That's fine. I'll keep, I'll keep looking for the opportunity. I would say foremost maximum asset because what you do is you take your human mind you're earning you use your human asset to earn it in or generate revenue through entrepreneurship and you take a portion of realizing yourself as a human asset and your human value and your ability to to store up those second thing <laughs> that's the second thing um and the third thing i think that do to be better at that process is to know that you need advice. <laughs> like I promise Google doesn't tell you everything, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think sometimes we struggle in um, from um, families and community um, where there's so many strong women out on our own and oftentimes in our figuring out for ourselves, we're also doing that for a lot of people around us, mm -hmm. right? And so I think we get really entrenched in our ability to dive and to understand and to get that maybe we allow someone to hold space for mm -hmm. area, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think with that about being willing to do that, right? Like, like we're so worth sitting down with someone who's, I can really help you figure this thing out, yeah. um, but it's going to cost you. Mm. Um, and so I would say, lastly, in addition to those things, embracing just getting comfortable with vice. Mm. All of us have vice, and we all have competes, right? We wish that we had, you know, infinite resources and to do all the things that we absolutely want to do. So we have to say yes to some things. That means that we have to say no to others. No, it's just real. And we just have to be willing to. I'm sitting in my chair, just like <laughs> that is so good. As I literally ask you, because I am so like, where does it lie? And I think response is golden. Like in terms of, this is a money problem, but investing in ourselves gets us into the mindset and the habit of investing, and then seeing the return. Are you familiar with um, the wealth triangle? I was I couldn't tell you the man. It's a, there's an Asian man. It's a video. Um, he's talking about the wealth triangle and how a lot of people who are corporate they get it wrong because they take they go from corporate and then they try to invest in real estate all of a sudden. But what they miss is this step where you have to invest in yourself because we we not because so we skip that step. And hearing your explanation, it's like once you get used to like the return. Of Turn on investment yourself, not in the sense that you go to college and you spend the money. That's why you're upset. You have a job that has no your degree. It's in the sense that you you invest even the smallest amount of well-being and then turn on you thinking differently and being a better human, right? That in itself 
will make it much easier for me to sit from a financial planner and not feel like I'm being swindled because someone wants to help me build my money. Because if I already know the value of investment, mm -hmm. i.e. money, then I understand what you can do for me financially. I think, you know, that wealth triangle is a very, that is, and I think it's very pervasive. I always want to jump to the sexy stuff. Right. And, can you help me buy Bitcoin? <laughs> I'm like, hey, but what happens if your currency reserve, right? So we want to jump to this, but it re if it's going to be solid, a triangle that starts with laying a solid foundation. Um, but if he's right, it's that too many of us turn the trend. So we're trying to stand our structure on point that's inverted mm -hmm. and that's not stable. And it's, it's just, yeah, it's something you need to be aware of. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I you that is so good. Um, I'm curious. I know you said you took the long story really short, but I really am curious about how you got into the nonprofit space. So, yeah. were you on a board and someone tapped your shoulder? How did that happen? It you know so interesting. So I would say that I'm um, going back to one of the the points that you you know how we come to these relationships with and. And sitting across from like you know uncertain and going back to um, the bringing your full human value to the market. I'm going to answer this and then I'm going to just make this point. Then we'll um, go by because it kind of segues into that. It's connected to that. But I think it's so important to be very present, like in and because there's so many layers. and always look for what it is a certain direction, right? And when we we experience life in that for the lesson and we are in it to learn from then to move us to move us. Mm -hmm. And I think if if we are kind of moving through life when we're sitting across from potential advisor may be able to help us in these where it does require a lot of us mm -hmm. to enter into the relationships, yeah. we're holding this discernment friends and we're <clears throat> we're getting wiser and we're adept at um so having made that point, <laughs> to transition into retirement, it's kind of a product of that. How like those first, that first decade plus, mm -hmm. I was in this phase and it wasn't all through a lot of pain. Um, and fortunately, you know, like we all do, we get through it, right? We figure out the life, whether it's in real, you know, in the present. But I was really at a space where I was enjoying my work and, but I didn't see but I was so afraid to make a change because I was making so much money. You can be imprisoned by the golden handcuffs. But I was making very good money of relatively, kind of transitioning into my maturity, but relatively speaking, I was a, you know, a young woman making really good money. And I had a family. So, um, I was volunteering at the Atlanta and I was working with the executive director at the time, but I was always spending time with the little kids. Was and, and all of the shelters, you know, around the city, across, you know, that do the work um, that they don't, right? Mm -hmm. And so much of it goes on. But um, one of the beautiful things about the Atlanta there did not day shelter. They were in school. Mm. And I had gone to like the pre-K, have my little favorites <laughs> And I would go hang out with the kids one day. And um, I was in the pre day, and I remember the first thought that was just really mind was the fact that it was a And I was just so grateful that these were wandering, you know, or wherever their mothers been on a day this right. 
So I was very grateful that they were in where they were learning and they were thriving and, and they were just so, they were having a good time. So it was just, it was the next thing was one of the class, she walked up to me and she was admiring my trip. This is your dress. I'm going to bring it to you. And she said, okay, well, came to my house after school. And so there was this thought that she knows she feels like she's old. So it wasn't just me being grateful. They had this again, but it was also recognizing it's speaking. This was all, this was not a shelter. And I left the shelter that just like, I, I just want this mission, heart tugging, like community focused work, but connecting and the money that I was making at the time experience was not going to be a decision that I was going through my work at the show, I met someone who was also volunteering okay. and said, we're, our agency our agency is you know, just going through this version of foreclosures and bans and you know, we need to add to our leadership. Would you be willing? I made the transition. Mm. It, was, it was a better leap. Yes. I'm sure it was still. It was a huge pay cut. I'm sure it was, but it wasn't as <laughs> exactly. huge as it would have been. And you get to fulfill your purpose. Doing the same thing you have been doing, exactly. but just for good. Exactly. Ah. Because the two points for me in my mind were this both management role. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Right, I just can't afford it. And I have this office, and it was still really hard, right? Because I knew that professor would drop all of my licenses, mm-hmm. and I would totally lose that identity. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was willing to accept that. I think the which that was yes, but I got there much and I got to accepting that it was. Um, was this before or after yours and your daughter grew up? Before. It was like before. I was full on newly committed. Oh my God. <laughs> so was it like, listen, honey, this is what I want to do? Or was it like, hey, I want to, like, how was that conversation with your family and how did they yeah. take it? Yeah, you know, it went much better than I expected. It really was what you're... Because when you think of the space, it's very broad. Like, there are a gazillion different ways in which profession. And at the time, I was participating in the right role. And it wasn't the right role, but it paid me a lot. From, like, you know, my background, always caught up in survival and... My family needs to survive. My family was making really good money, <laughs> right? But I, I wasn't, mm-hmm. that's not how it was. You know, it was, I need to keep every dollar I make. Like, that's kind of it. And so, yeah, it was, and, and it was such a blessing being the opportunity to reinvent myself. Yeah. And so it was, gosh, to date, you know, outside of how I should, you know, being a mother and having the experiences that I, um, that I've had and that I really enjoy around family yeah. from this traditional wealth management space into this mission focused work that gave me professionally that merged and really aligned with who I am um, in this life. Mm-hmm.
The top three responses that I get when I ask, why do you wanna leave corporate America? Are that you want financial freedom, you wanna own your own time, and you wanna build a legacy for this generation and generations to come. Now, this is not a solo job. In order to transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship, it's gonna take community and it's gonna take resources. And I've created the community of pioneers who are going to wrap around you and help you make that transition successfully. So if you're interested in leaving your job, go ahead and click that information below. Let's get into the community and let's transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship successfully. Now let's get back to the episode. I would say that is the theme of today's conversation. <laughs> At every step, you know, and I would say, like I talk about this all the time, expressing grateful. You've expressed mm -hmm. gratefulness at every single turn. <laughs> I think that is what blesses us tenfold. Mm -hmm. It's like putting that out there mm -hmm. and then knowing that even if it was a crappy memory speak, right? Still being grateful for even that, sure. right? I resonate with your clients Absolutely. and know exactly where their stress is. So, hey, let's figure this thing out so we can be a primary goal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, as you move forward, you're an entrepreneur. I know I have, I love volunteer, but I don't volunteer. I used to as a corporate. But how how much time, or do you feel now you're in a sweet spot of like working and then it to impact others? Or are you looking for a new, in this journey, are you looking for a sweet spot? Are you trying to figure out how to switch your, the components? Mm -hmm. So, you know, entrepreneurship definitely does configure your day and how to devote although obviously to pay your bills and to eat mm -hmm. <laughs> it requires that you put a lot into your entrepreneurial journey um i am 100 percent clear and um how to put this without sounding but i know who and i really do know that an impact no matter how small on so that is the work that i do that work and so I do a lot in my days, but um, I'm fortunate enough to have and um, and with individuals um, that really just do the work all the time. And so to answer your question, I probably volunteer as much as I business. Um, and so I do, do um, and I really kind of need um, and also with this other work. Emerging economic equity, which mm. is specifically focused focused of color okay. and you know positioning and viability, and so I do a lot of volunteering around um, that area because it's it's just who I am, and so I do it. <laughs> I just do the work. I love it. I do the work. <laughs> I am okay. So as I think about your your life. And the things that have gotten you where you feel like it would be like uh, relationships, mm -hmm. your exposure to life outside of like the financially stable bubble, mm -hmm. right? And then also just, you know, being wife. That's how I'm seeing your life calm. You can say like, I volunteer just as much as um, I work. And so when you when you say relationships, mm -hmm. everything's now is so digital, right? Mm -hmm. For someone who's my age or younger, and they want to get to where they can say, like, I volunteer as I work, mm -hmm. um, and they enjoy the entrepreneurs. Sometimes we falsely glamorize it, and sometimes we are struggling way harder than it needs. So what would you say in this world, in like world, like 29, <clears throat> someone in, who's a millennial, they want to this level of balance, working, working impact, working play. <laughs> How would you say, um, what advice would you share um, to a woman who wants to be involved and also 
make it an entrepreneurship where they can have that balance. Being like kind of with everything you know, you have seen, you have you've lived experience of how you found Urban League, mm -hmm. found the nonprofit. But I'm always thinking like there's a way to streamline. There's something that she can capitalize on right now that she's just not thinking about. So what do you think? Well, so if I um, just think about my own journey, um, and I would say first and like find the thing that gets to you, right? Like, what is the thing that just what, pisses you off, or that you you want? Like, looking at it you know, outside of just yourself, looking for like whether it's in your community, whether it's in your city, whether it's in your, whether it's in the world. Yeah, what is happening that you just don't like? And view that as a problem that no matter how small your impact or your contribution and find a way to contribute, you know, find a way to, you know, find the people who are doing, connect and say, I, I want to fix this too. And have an hour a week. I'd love to give, I'd love to give work and just use that as an in into a community or into a where they're very important relationships based that way. Um, as far as best, I, I don't know that I did that, <laughs> but one thing I have achieved is saying and saying that I matter, right? My wellness matters, making sure I'm not walking through all day, giving to everyone else, give before I give, right? Like I matter. And because I matter, oh, you know. <laughs> Kid, husband, <laughs> job, you know, business, like sometimes you know. And I've just gotten to a point mornings, like I don't do anything related before. In the morning, I'm running, meditating, I'm journaling, or I'm, maybe I'm sleeping, right? Which, like, no entrepreneur ever says that, right? Like, maybe I'm sleeping in. And maybe that means that I'm recording, and so good. But what I, I have been able to do is to say, my day made it. Most of my days do, and I go into most things, my business, you know, and I just, I have to give, but before I start that giving first, mm -hmm. and I'm going to give to my, the understanding that with healthy being, I won't survive this, this. Mm -hmm. and you know, I will live through it, right, but in the way that I want to survive, meaning I want to grow until my last day on this earth, I die, and that requires well-being being, um, or being well in our physical being, in our mental being, in our financial being, like three or four hours in the morning before I start giving myself isn't important. So I don't know that I have achieved have, but I have achieved being able to own my own wellness, life to rob me. Of, I love it. It's, I think that deal with the busyness yeah. and balance. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. And like even your advice about finding um, that that issue or that thing that irritates us, spot on it's priceless advice as a person like may look at a, look at a person like you and say, Oh, I want to get into every single organization you're currently involved in. Mm -hmm. But what irritates you might not irritate, right? And we get so caught up in what our idol, our mentor and our coaches are doing. We don't have time to listen to what really is our heart and soul is and letting that lead us. Hey guys, it's Ariel from the Work and Play Podcast. If you're getting any value from this channel, and I mean anything from the tutorials to the podcast to the random videos that you see on this channel, then I just ask that you do one thing. Please subscribe. Subscribe and share this to anyone that you think this resonates with and drop a comment below so I know what other things that you want to see next. Now let's get back to the episode. You said relationship. 
Oh, you said those these are powerful relationships that are waiting for you. Yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they oh, they so are. Like mm -hmm. then that is what I will say with absolute there is a tribe. But you need to you need to identify like like what what is it that your spirit, that your heart, that your soul wants to? And already working on the same and waiting for you to, because when you go up, there are a whole bunch of people that they want to introduce you to because you know, our army to be is facing these huge social issues. I said economic equity, fam. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I play our record all day long, or what do you call it today? MP3, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> And guess what? It has been so incredibly impacting mm. these relations. Whether it has been this organization and lead this program and create a in your business right. around something already happening. Anyway, so like have this entrepreneurial and I'm really focused on this thing in terms of why and because I'm in this easy niche problem, it's oh yeah, come do this. Can you do this as part of your business? Is this right? So just just find what it is turns at you that um, likely has, you know, certain prevalent and it may evolve from there, eat you up. Like my time in shelter is so revealing for me and because I could not stand the thought of homeless in this city. That, so we gotta do better. Mm -hmm. We have got to do, this is not okay. You know, we should not live in a, with so many, one of the things that I resulted that experience was I was bureau. Mm -hmm. And so I would go around to raise money and um, and I would I did their campaign one year for representing the children in the city. Because we see the men standing on the corner, like we they're quite it's pretty visible. Um, no less words. But what we don't see often enough is the fact that there are people don't want to see or know that women and children are poor or, you know, shelters do. Yeah. And it was just the thing that just made me so that this was happening so often. Yeah. And as I dug more into that issue, that just made me so angry when I realized families yeah. and, and it's just really warped. <laughs> and like, it's really, you know, kind of gotten really big and it's my jam. This your jam. <laughs> record. Record. Yes, it's right. Right. It's CD, cassette I don't care what it is. We are running it and it is amazing songs. We love it. I have really thoroughly enjoyed you visiting me today. It's been, this is fun. Yes. It, oh my gosh. You have given us so much advice. Your story is impactful. You know, it's really good detail. And I, I know you, I thought I was going to have to reach for the tissue at one point, but you, you held it in. Not even just, you, know, you just, I, I love it. So thank you so much for joining. And guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And um, Lita, if there's someone who is listening to your story or watching us and they're interested in you, or working with you, mm -hmm. having you join Financial Planner, how can they get in contact with Yeah, so um, I'm still talking about records, so as you can imagine, <laughs> I'm not that visible on social media, so that is probably not the easiest way to get me, but um, 
Yeah, the, the easiest way to get me is to really L, um, and that's L at Apple G F P Nets. L and then Speller, just as it sounds, and then Apple G or L Speller, just and then at Apple G A P O F like financial planner dot <laughs> com. Got it. it the information will definitely be in the <laughs> description, so don't worry. It will be available for you to contact uh, her. And thank you again. This was so much fun. <laughs> I really enjoyed myself. Me too. Well, until next time, guys, you know what to do. Tune in next week, and I so enjoy you guys. I enjoy it too. But until next time, peace out. Bye, everybody.